All right. Well, I'm going to share a little bit about the Tarahumara, the people, a little bit about where they are and what they believe, um, talk about some of the challenges that come with a different language, a different culture, and some of the big barriers that the Tarahumara have as it relates to receiving the gospel message. And then talk a little bit about what I've been doing the last eight months or so, from January to August while I was in Mexico, and a little bit about what's, what's coming in the future and ways that you guys can help and be involved. So, the Tarahumara people, they live in the northern state of Chihuahua, Mexico, which is... Um, directly underneath El Paso area. The region that they live in is the Copper Canyon, um, which is six canyons that are conjoined together, and collectively they make up a canyon area that is um, several times larger than the Grand Canyon, and uh, many, many places within that canyon that are deeper than the Grand Canyon as well. So they live in a huge area, and I'd say the outskirts of the Copper Canyon are about five hours directly south of El Paso, to kind of give you a reference point of how, how deep in that is. Um, and that's where it just begins. So the population, there's no official census that has been done, um, but they estimate somewhere around 50 to 70,000 Tarahumara people, all scattered throughout the Copper Canyon area. Um, this makes them the, one of the largest indigenous people groups in Mexico, and it is the largest unreached people group um, in all of the Americas. So in South, Central, and North America, the Tarahumara people are the largest unreached people group. Now, unreached is looking at the fact that less than 2% of the population are considered believers and are considered Christians. Um, just to give a little reference, if there are 60,000, the numbers are kind of small, if there are 60,000 represented by the blue Tarahumara people, and that means at most 2% of that 1,200 of them are believers. Um, very, very, very few believers within this, um, this people group. Their belief system and worldview is one of the big things that really makes it difficult for them to accept Christ and for them to set aside those beliefs and cultures and to believe in something new being brought to them from the outside. They are an animistic people, which this definition here is the belief in a supernatural power or powers that organize and animate the material universe. Um, to kind of show you what this means and the way they take it in their own lives. Um, when a Tarahumara becomes ill, their immediate thought is that they have been cursed by one of the witch doctors, and that probably someone that they know that doesn't like them went to the witch doctor and said, will you put a curse on so-and-so so that they become ill, or possibly even so that they may die. Um, so any little sickness is automatically a supernatural power that has come in and has made them ill. Um, they have then several um, different spirits. The Huitalu is something that they believe in, which is an invisible snake. Nobody can see it. You don't know where it is. But that is something that can come, and when bitten by that snake, it will give you diarrhea. So 
Someone has diarrhea immediately believes, I've been bitten by the snake. I need to go to the witch doctor to have him take this spirit from me. Uh, Many people ask, oh, do you see wildlife? Do you see deer or coyotes, anything out in the mountains? Not really, because each one of those animals represents a spiritual being or spiritual entity, most of them being negative things and evil spirits, such as the coyote, the snake, even the rabbits. They don't like rabbits because they represent an evil spirit. So everything in their belief system relates to a supernatural power that is organizing and orchestrating everything that goes on. So everything is pointing back towards um, the spiritual world. Um, Their foundational beliefs of God and the devil, we saw it a little bit in the very beginning of the video, they believe in a God and in a devil. The devil is who created us, who created the Mexicans, who created the Chinese. Anybody non-Tarumara is considered the sons of the devil. They were created by God and are God's chosen people. Because of this race that happened many, many years ago, um, they are now poor because they lost. They must continue to run, and they must continue to sustain and feed God, who is considered the weaker of the two. Um, So that is their duty in life. That is what they feel they are here on this earth to do, is to keep God happy and to sustain him. How do they live? Um, Most of them are a kind of semi-nomadic people group. They live in the canyons, and in the winter months it does get pretty bitter cold, and in the summer it warms up quite a bit. They grow crops, mostly beans and corn, And those are then the staples of their diet as well. So in the winter months, a lot of times they will then migrate to a place down at the bottom of the canyon where it's a little more sheltered, a little bit warmer. And then in the summer months, we'll then go back up to the top of the canyons um, where it's a little bit fresher and a little bit cooler than in the evenings with the breeze coming through. So semi-nomadic, most of them are in an adobe hut similar to what you see here in the picture. Um, surrounded by God's beautiful creation. Um, Some still live in caves even. Um, Being a very poor people, their main main focus in life and of their daily life is simply to survive and to provide for what they need for that day and then move on from one day to the next. So some of the current projects that the team is working on, it showed it a little bit in the video. We have a, we're kind of split into three teams. We have a mountain team, which is the one with the clinic and out in the canyons, and an urban team, which is in the city of Cuauhtémoc, that hub that leads into the mountains, and then a third team that's just forming in another community out in the mountains. So the medical clinic was the initial project that um, started this team, this church planting team, back in about the year 2000. Um, This was kind of our visa into living in the communities of the Tarahumara. Similar to if you went to another country, you need to apply for a visa and have some reason to be in the country to stay there. Same in the Tarahumara communities. You must bring something to then receive permission to live out in their canyons and in their mountains. So the clinic was our initial relationship builder and our initial visa 
to live out in the mountains. Along with that, the pinole, which is ground popcorn, very finely ground, which they mix into water, and drink. Um, very, very common drink. And we have then used that to work with the malnutrition kids. Um, we've come up with a formula mixing some dried milk, powdered milk, and vitamins and other nutrients for the kids, who usually go straight from breast milk to corn, tortillas, and beans. So there's no real in-between, which causes a lot of that malnutrition. So that's a huge, huge project, um, and that's been very effective in providing a known need amongst the Taramara. Um, the patient hospitality home, that's a new project that's just getting started this year. Um, one thing that we've need that we've really felt in the city is a place for the really sick patients coming from the mountains into the city. They don't have a place to stay. Um, we're looking for our homes, usually us missionaries, we will host them and assist with them. But sometimes it can be overwhelming and not have the places for them to stay. So this is a current project. Um, we're looking at getting land to build this home um, as we speak. So literacy also, a very low percentage of literacy. Many, many cannot read and write. Um, so that's a, an ongoing project, trying to get them literate and read and write so that one day when they have the scriptures in their language, they will be able to read it, they'll be able to study it on their own. So challenges, challenges to sharing the gospel. One of the first ones, language. Um, many, and I'd say some, are bilingual and speak Spanish as well as Taromara, but the majority of them are monolingual or speak a very, very minimal, minimal amount of Spanish, especially when you're looking out in the mountains and the very traditional families, they are still living in only their language and that is the only way to communicate to them in any way. So whether that's through a translator or directly to you, it must be done in their language because they do not speak Spanish. Um, so that provides a barrier. The language itself is very difficult and very different. Um, so it's been a challenge for missionaries um, throughout the many years learning the language. The culture, um, the animi animistic beliefs, um, provide them with a worldview, provide them with a lens that they look at the world with that's completely different than ours. Um, sometimes it, it'll seem so simple, a concept will seem so simple to me, but it's something they just can't seem to grasp. Um, in looking at different cultures, um, it's stated that the American culture, the Western culture, is a guilt and innocence type of a culture. Whereas being guilty or innocent is very important to us. And knowing that God forgives us of our sin and makes us innocent, even though we know we're guilty, is very powerful in our minds and in our hearts. For them, we say, Jesus forgives you of your sins. And they say, okay, great. But that witch doctor can still send a spirit to make me sick or to even kill me. So, so how does that really help me in my daily life and the fears that I live in? Whereas go to a Tarahumara and explain, God is all-powerful. And they say, all-powerful. So that means he's more powerful than the witch doctor, isn't he? He's more powerful than the Witalu, that um, diarrhea-giving snake. 
He's more powerful than all these other spirits. And that to them says, okay, I think I can, I can follow this God if he really is all-powerful. Um, so many of those challenges, learning what their worldview is, learning from which angle they're viewing everything that happens in their life. Racism. Um, racism is a huge, huge problem there with the racial prejudices from the Mexicans towards the Tarahumara. Um, it's widely felt and very obvious and not even something that's really tried to keep um, under wraps, tried to keep secret or behind closed doors. It's very blatant and out in the open many times. Um, this is a very big thing when it comes to building trust with the people. They look at us as outsiders and they automatically think that we are going to be racist against them and treat them poorly. In the hospitals, members of our team, as well as patients that we've brought to the hospitals in the city that need further tests or surgery, they have actually heard the nursing staff say, don't bother giving them their medicine. They're just going to die in a few months anyway. So we won't even treat them. Um, it has been audibly heard. Um, so they know it's there. They feel it and they understand that. And it provides a huge barrier for them coming up and trusting their hearts and trusting their lives to these people that usually mistreat them. So those are some of the challenges um, that we face on a daily basis. Um, but I'd like to give you a little bit of what my daily life looked like um, from January to the present. Um, language learning. This was the main focus, the main priority. Um, one of the other missionary couples, Billy, who you saw in the video teaching at the whiteboard, he and his wife um, taught us our language course. There were seven of us, all of us missionaries, um, that were in the course um, so we spent every day, Monday through Friday, usually 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., studying the language, learning the language. Um, in this picture, I'm working on verbs and writing down the different conjugations and affixes and then checking them with Pilaro, the lady seated, who's a native speaker who came with us every day to help practice. So, so now we can say, which means now we speak a little bit of Tarahumara. Um, a little bit. Emphasis on little bit. Um, teaching some of the other missionary kids, the other kids on the team, um, piano and violin. Um, that was a blessing for me, and I think it was a blessing for them. I hope they enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, but being able to help some of the other missionary parents and provide um, some other things for the kids to do um, so that was a weekly, a weekly thing there, teaching piano and violin. Um, Mexican nursing diploma. The first couple months, um, January to March, I studied and obtained my nurse's assistant diploma from Mexico, from a Mexican college. And that then now gives me kind of a legal standing um, to say that, yes, I can be involved in the medical work. So should anybody ask, hey, why are you helping out with the medical clinic, then I have this now and can say I am a nurse assistant here in Mexico. Um, so it's a blessing to have that done and have that, that out of the way as well. And of course, adapting to the Mexican culture. Um, been having lots of fun, meeting many, many, many new friends, um, getting to learn some of the differences 
between our culture and their culture and the things, the values that are important to them, the values that are important to us and how sometimes they clash. Um, sometimes they fit really well together. Um, so it's been enjoyable. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and that's definitely, definitely been um, part of everyday learning more, learning more about the language, learning more about the people of Mexico. Um, as I head into the future, um, what are some of the things going to look like? So the, the rest of this year will be focused on raising the financial support that I need to continue to be down there and also to prepare um, personally and to learn more of what it means to be on the field and working with cross-cultural missions. Um, so a lot of these next few months will be um, focused on preparation for heading down with the goal of being back in January of 2016. I'm blessed to have Pioneers, the sending agency that Cody mentioned. Our team is a Pioneers church planting team. So they are a sending agency. But I'm blessed to have Fredericksburg Christian Fellowship been backing me as well as my sending church. So um, we've been working together and have come up with books for me to read and um, conference to attend and some other learning and training and church planting um, to go down better prepared um, for what what may come. I don't know for sure what the future holds for me down there, but to be prepared as we as I head back down there. Um, once back on the field then, um, language and culture immersion. Um, so Lord willing, in January, we'll be beginning further, more intensive language and culture studies. Um, this would be out in the mountains, um, living in and amongst the people, and really, really learning how they speak, why they say what they say, um, what things are culturally appropriate, what things are not, how can we best share the gospel clearly and accurately to their culture and in their language. Um, they estimate that learning Taromara on your own, so not doing any sort of class, but just going in and amongst the people and attempting to learn it, they estimate, expect six or seven years if you are decent at learning a language. Um, if languages aren't your strong point, then maybe up to ten years. This language class um, developed by other missionaries is a huge jump start on those years, and they estimate that that knocks off three years of that language learning. Um, we have the tools now, we have the grammar features that we can go in and we can apply those tools and gather and learn um, much quicker. So even with that, that leaves three to four years of getting to a real state of fluency and a point where I could stand in front of a group of people. I could talk with someone one-on-one. -on -one, Who is God? What has he done for us? And talk about the free gift of salvation that he has, not only for the Mexicans and the Americans and the Germans that are working with our team, but also for the Tarahumara. Um, so that will be um, a large focus in the next couple years 
as I'm down there, really seeking to integrate and understand who they are. Um, with the culture, we want them to understand and we want to be able to express to them that not all things in their culture are sinful in and of themselves. Um, they're very proud people. They retreated back into the mountains when Cortez came and conquered Mexico. They simply said, we don't really want to bother with the fight, so we'll just back away and back into the canyons where nobody will come for us. Um, so with that, nobody's going to reach them unless you go there, unless you explain it to them in their language and in a way that they can understand. Um, so that will be a large, large priority. Prayer um, towards the specific ways that God would use me down there. Um, there are many, many needs, um, many things I would love to do and be involved in. So being very specific and praying, Lord, direct me to how you want me to serve. Um, with the medical side, that is what I'm going into with the vision of doing and helping with the clinic and helping medically with the Tarahumara. So that's definitely one way that I'm continuing to ask the Lord to show me in which way. Because even within that general sphere, there are, there are different needs out in the communities or in the clinic. Um, even in the city, there's a need for medical personnel who can be advocates in the hospitals for the patients and translate between the patient and the nursing staff. Um, so in that way, also, um, there's a large need for Christian music to be, be developed in their language. We have some. I'd say we probably have about 15 different songs that um, have been either translated or written directly into their language, and they love them. Um, our language helper, Pilato, she would come to class um, probably every other day, and she would bring a SIM card from a cell phone. She said, this is so-and-so SIM card, and I want the music that you gave to me. And she would bring, she probably bought 10, 15, maybe even 20 different people's SIM cards saying, we, we really like this music. Can you, can you hand us this music? Um, and what a powerful way to share the truth of God through music that they, they literally put on repeat on their self and just listen. They find their favorite songs and they listen to it over and over and over. So one way I've been asked to pray about being involved is helping to, to write, to translate, to produce more music that we can distribute um, with clear gospel messages and proclaiming the truth of God through that music. So I'm praying about seeing how to be more involved with that. I've I've gotten to help with a lot of transcription of those songs and writing them into the music form so we can make a songbook um, for other missionaries and other parts to be able to use. So then that's another prayer item. How would the Lord use the music training that I've been blessed with and the love that I have for music um, to share with the Tarahumara? So how can you help? Um, this is a team effort um, from the entire globe. We are all part of this team. Um, prayer, by far the most important aspect and the biggest way that you all can be involved. Um, a few specific prayer requests on here. 
would be the salvation of the Tarahumara people. Um, I was blessed last week in first light to hear about the way that God foreknows us and he predestines us and he calls us. God has his harvest and he knows who they are. Um, and some of those are Tarahumara. Um, so pray for their salvation. Along with that, pray for wisdom, for my personal direction as well as the team's direction. Lord, lead us to those people that you have called. We want to be faithful and share with everybody that we meet, everybody we come in contact with. But Lord, direct us to who those people are. There's a term... Um, a lot of missionary use of kind of missionary ease is a person of peace. Um, those people that are interested, that have open and teachable spirits, that want to know, and that are also influential in their community. The ones that will go and share with their friends and family once they receive um, a new truth. So praying for direction that God would lead us to those people. The team projects. Um, the patient hospitality home, which is looking to get underway, the literacy, um, clean water project that functions out of the clinic as well, but providing filters, providing clean water for the families. Malnutrition is one of the biggest killers amongst the Tarahumara, specifically in the children, and also then diarrhea caused by um, dirty water. Um, not having clean water causes the diarrhea. They don't have the diet to then sustain themselves. And many kids end up falling because of that. There's a young boy in the hospital right now in the city who is two years old and only weighs about 11, 12 pounds. So he's now currently getting rehydrated and simply because of not having adequate nutrition and poor water sources and continually having diarrhea. So all of those projects, the Pinole project, working with the malnutrition kids. Um, the Tarahumara believers that are out there feeling alone in their faith, being very spread out, they're very shy, reserved, they typically stick within their family units. Those family units then are fairly close. So when one person out of that family unit becomes a believer, they feel ostracized, they feel alone, um, they don't know what to do. Um, so pray for those that others would come to know that they would not feel alone in their faith. Um, and then financial support um, so that I can continue to be down there and continue to assist with, with this work in the future. Um, also, kind of the last thing is partnership. Um, I am looking for those of you that would be willing to partner with me to partner in committed prayer as well as committed financial support. Um, I, I need your support spiritually, and I need your support financially to continue to be doing what God has down there. And, and like, it's, like it says here, that Tarahumara are lost in darkness, and their need for Christ is great. Um, so some of us will go, some of us will stay, but we can all play a part in what God is doing down there and bringing the name of Jesus Christ to the Tarahumara people. Um, so I'll leave this up here for you, but information on how to contact me if you'd like to hear more um, 
or would like me to share with somebody else or want to pass my info on to somebody else. Um, as far as donations, um, those will go through Pioneers and you can give online as well as by mailing in a check. So that info is here, can go to the website and it will just clearly lead you right through those or you can talk to me. But I'll leave this up so you can uh, write it down or take a picture of it, whatever you'd like to do. Also, I have a sheet on this table with an email sign-up list. So my monthly newsletters that I'm sending out, if your email's not on there, put it on there. Please write clearly um, so that I can accurately input it into the list. Um, and then there's also some other handmade taromara um, things, skirts and belts and baskets out there if you wanted to take a look. So... Um, Thank you. Um, yes, how much do I have for questions? <laughs> okay. Okay, so when they're, so they're semi-nomadic, you said. Mm-hmm. So will you be wherever they are? So in the winter you'll be down in the canyon? We have our one place, the, one, the clinic, and it's set place. And that nomadicism, if that's even a word, um, is is more kind of from the top to the bottom. Um, so they'll have a place up on the top of the ridge and one that's down a little further. So it's in the same general vicinity. Mm-hmm. Any other questions about anything? You said that they have to leave their God every day. What yes. Um, some of those when... So crop season comes and there's no rain. Their automatic thought is God's not happy because he's not sending the rain to bring us our food. Um, so they will have, it's called the utuburi, and that's their kind of rain dance and God, let's make you happy. They'll sacrifice um, usually a cow, um, sometimes a goat, and feed God um, there's been a lot of Catholicism that's been brought down there as well, a lot of syncretism within their culture. Um, so there's usually a cross, and they have some aspects of kind of the Trinity concept. Everything's done in threes and three circles. But then they'll have kind of a dance, which could be eight hours long um, of going along. So they'll have that sacrifice. They'll feed God to make him happy and to make him pleased. So it's usually involved in some sort of sacrifice and, and dancing ritual. Mm-hmm. There is quite a bit of resistance from the Catholic Church in their power publicly. Um, one of the missionaries on the team, they had a clinic in another area of the mountains, and the Catholic Church brought in a reporter and pretended like they were going to do this nice article on that community and the things that were going on. The article came out in the National Mexican newspaper with those missionaries' pictures on the front page and said that, they're doing horrible things out there and all of that. So the Catholic Church specifically did that to try and get um, those missionaries out of there. So we're, we're careful in using last names and using the term missionary simply in the sphere. We aren't afraid of physical persecution, but from them trying to come in and maybe spread slander against what we're doing to try and get us out or to try and keep the people from trusting us. So that's probably one of the biggest biggest things, mistrust from the people group themselves um, because of a lot of the racism and differences there. 
is a big, big challenge to overcome as well. Yes? <laughs> the Taramara are very well known for their long distance running, and my longest distance running would be their like six, seven, and eight year olds' races. Um, <laughs> so I still have a long way to go, a long way to go to catch up. Um, they are fantastic runners, though, and I thought I was athletic and a runner, but I'm having second thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. <laughs> I, I can remember the first line of one of them. It's, um, it's, Oche bile mapumi gu irwa tasiete, tasiete. And it's basically, who is the one that, or are there any others that guide us? And it says, no, not one, no, not one. And then has some of the other, then translations of those, no, not one, no, not one. Um. Yes, it has. Um, we'll get people come by the clinic and say, can you charge my cell phone? It's like, uh, who are you calling? Because there's no cell service out here. Um, but I, I, most of the time they use it for uh, like an MP3 player. And then some of the men and even then some of the family units will go into the cities during harvest time. It's very agricultural area even in the city and in the Mexican culture there. So they'll go and work in harvest time and then come back. So yeah, many many have cell phones, and some technology is definitely making its way in. So, sorry. Mm -hmm. So you guys are, are you all using that technology with audio recordings and things that you mm -hmm. also Yes. Yeah, we have these Bible story booklets over here as well, and those, some of them have been audio recorded and working on recording some of those too to be able to then just pass stories of people telling the stories. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anything else? On a monthly basis, um, I'm looking at about 3500 a month as far as being able to be effective down there. It's a little bit lower living costs down there, but there are additional costs in, in needing to come back and forth. Um, and being able to provide for ministry aspects of that. So that's right around what I'm looking for for monthly support. Any other questions? Yeah. I think the cultural classes mostly come in, in their worldview and how they view everything that's going on. Um, so we come at something from a different point of view because our culture says it's more important to be innocent than to trust an all-powerful spirit. Um, some things um, within their culture, for a man to give a gift to a woman, most of the time that's a proposal um, of marriage. So those are little things that you kind of need to be aware of and, and understand. So... We aren't really sure how many of our female missionaries have accepted <laughs> marriage proposals, and we aren't sure how many of us have given out marriage proposals, but um, things we continue to try and learn. <laughs> Each person, they are not very affectionate. It's very, very rare that you would ever see any physical affection, even between a husband and a wife. 
Um, so very little physical affection shown. Even their language, they have no word for friend. Um, they use the Spanish word um, for friend because they have no concept that really means. They have, their family terms are incredibly specific. It's, there's a word for your father's mother and your father's father and your mother's mother and your mother's father are all four different words. It's not just grandparents. So family units have very specific words. But as far as any other relationship type of words, there are four words. So, no. Nope. Not much affection shown. They crave it. Um, You can see that they do crave it and they do want it. But um, they don't really know how to show it. Um, Don't know how to function in that way. Yes, not in the sense of any f- more physicality, but in the way that they interact with others. Um, I can think of a couple of believers that we know that are just much more people, people, and have an interest in the other people around them. Um, usually, doesn't go into any sort of you know, giving a hug or a pat on the back, um, but there is a difference in the way they interact. Good. Well, thank you for your time. Thank you for your attentive ears. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for the ability for us to be here in this church today, to hear your word, to hear what you're doing throughout the world. And I ask that you would continue to give all of us a heart for the people around us, no matter where we are, no matter what jobs we have and or what things we're doing in our daily lives, that we would proclaim your name. We would be a light for you. And I ask for the service today, and I ask for um, open hearts and open minds to hear what you have to teach us today, that we would unite as a body of believers to worship you and to learn more about you as a body. In Jesus' name, amen.